0: Hey guys, we wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning in to our church podcast. This week's sermon is from our series, The Core, where we are taking a look at the values of our church stands on. To learn more information about Sturkey Hills, you can find us at sturkey.church. Oh, and don't forget to hit subscribe to our podcast so that you can always stay up to date with our latest messages. We're so thankful for all that God has been doing in the life of our church and the part you play in it. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed
1: day. And so it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and I hope it's more than just the decorations that you see on the street and in your neighborhood and in your home. I hope it's beginning to feel like Christmas. I hope it's beginning to feel like a moment in time when the God of everything would choose to come to this earth on a rescue mission to save you and that's what christmas is all about but we're talking about christmas time part two is christmas time is and so i'm going to ask you a simple question because it's starting to look like christmas have you finished all your christmas shopping if you have say yes if you have not say i have not number two question have you paid for everything or will you get a piece of paper in january to tell you how much you owe yeah, that's the sad part of Christmas. All right, and then we've got the Christmas decorations that drive us nuts. You got the guy down the street who is on what I call Christmas crack. Okay, he's got eight million lights. They fire up a generator at Norse Dam to keep from having a neighborhood brownout. You know what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, oh, and he's got a train running through his yard and the real Santa, not some skinny young helper, but the real deal Santa riding around on the train. And then we get to your house and you got the wreath hanging on the window with the ribbon that the mice have eaten holes in, because you had it in the barn for the winter. That's my house. Okay. Maybe you've got that five candle cluster sitting in your window. And because of Jeremy Pruitt, go Vols, you put up orange lights in your five candle cluster. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Felice Navidad. <laughs> okay. Now maybe that's you. Okay. But there's so much more to Christmas than all of that. And so uh, we're going to talk about that today. So as we do, I want you to look at your neighbor, your friend and say, Merry Christmas. And look at friend number two, the one on the other side, and say, Feliz Navidad. Yes. Now, those are fun words to say, but uh, I learned a new one this week because I did take a little German in high school. It lasted till mm, partway through high school. And, but I do know this. It's a Froliki Weihnachten. That's German for Merry Christmas. So no matter where you go around the world, there's all kinds. Even there's Korean Merry Christmas. Way too many stuff going on in here without spitting all over the front row, I'm not even going to try it, okay, but Merry Christmas from your pastor, I'm excited about Christmas, but we're going to talk about what Christmas time is, so on the back of your worship guide, we got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to move quickly, so you got to listen quickly, all right, number one, Christmas time is about a tree. Now, before you judge me, get holier than thou. It's not about a tree. It's about baby Jesus. Okay, you don't have to do that. Just hang with me. I want you to know that Christmas time is, in fact, about a tree. And so at at the tea last week, my daughter Kelsey had this Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Somebody broke the ball on it, but that's okay. This Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I got news for you. I have never in my life at my house had a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I'm more When it comes to the Christmas tree, I'm more like the Christmas crack guy. And I share a story. We've got an artificial fakie right now, and it's a good one. Okay, it's a good tree. You have to look, you know. People, is that real? (laughs) No. Okay, it's too pretty to be real. It doesn't doesn't look like it's got cancer on one side, you know. I didn't have to turn it a certain way because it's got that flat side. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, several years ago, about eight years ago, uh, we were going to go buy a Christmas tree, and uh, Kelsey and and Caitlin went with me, and we went over on Mountain Road to a tree farm at the time called Skunk Ridge okay tree farm now it's closed now they got older and didn't really care about trees anymore so when we got over there there was just a handful of trees left and the girls were with me and and they had the tree over here you know that looked like it had cancer you know it had been through a rough life you know beetles and everything else and then you had this this guy over here that's you know i don't know if he's trying to get sun or what but you know it's doing this you know you got to figure that out when you get home all right and then they had out in the middle they had the griswold tree this thing was beautiful amazing tree okay it was i said girls what do you think about that tree daddy it's pretty but it's big I said yes all right so I got got the guy over here and I said hey how much for this tree he goes well I'll say that tree but it's a really big tree I don't think it'll fit in your house because people love that tree nobody buys it because it's too big I said how much for the tree he said, $70. I said, $70 for a tree that should be in the White House? I'll give you 70 bucks. So we roped it up, tied it, and took it home and unfurled it. And it was, took up our living room. And we have a really high ceiling in there. And it was about 13, 12 or 13 feet tall. And the base of it was about eight feet in diameter. Kendra had to go buy Christmas decorations and lights. I'm halfway up and running out of lights. I'm saying, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. Okay, this is good. All right. And it was a beautiful tree. Kendra was a beautiful tree it was a beautiful tree and, and so this whole christmas tree thing is a big deal but i want you to know that there was a christmas tree that christmas time is about a christmas tree look at your neighbor and say it's about a tree some of y'all right now thinking no it's not okay it's I, I, i'll talk about you in just a little while okay it is about a tree in fact i want you to know that in the very first christmas there was a tree that made christmas what it was It was a family tree. It was a lineage, man that pointed narrowly, started broad in the Old Testament and made its way, each stepping, uh, with each step, it made its way to this pinnacle, the apex, the point of Christmas. It made it to this person named Jesus in a family tree. In fact, if you read Matthew chapter 1, you'll find this tree. And it says in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 1, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon... 14 generations. And from the deportation of Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. If you read the account in Luke, you find out that it starts out broad. And each, he, with each step of the tree, he cuts out a whole population. He cuts out all the other races. He cuts out brothers. He cuts out other families. And it all points to this pinnacle, this apex whose name is Jesus. And at the very top, he doesn't reproduce himself with a DNA bloodline. The family, the DNA family stops with Jesus. He never married. He never had children. But you know what he did? He continued the family tree through a different bloodline, the blood of the cross line. And here's what he did. Today, if you're born again, if Jesus has saved you, you're part of his family tree. And so, you see, Christmas does have to do with a tree. It's okay. Because sometimes we have these people I'll talk about in just a few minutes. Now, we're not putting up a tree. We don't celebrate Christmas because that is not what Christmas is all about. Okay, whatever. Okay, Have a boring Christmas at your house. It's fine. Okay? I'll talk about that in just a minute. All right? Number two. So, we got a tree. Look at your neighbor and say, it is about a tree. It is about now, some of y'all said that with, with excitement. It is about a tree. Some of y'all said this. It is about a tree boring all right here we go number two on your worship guide is christmas time is about a visit with relatives yeah christmas time is in fact about a visit with relatives and so i brought this clock because the clock represents what our visit with relatives has looked like for th- most of 30 years of our marriage. But most importantly, when we lived in Chattanooga and Alabama, because here's what would happen. She's got a big family. I got a big family. They loved Christmas. All of them loved Christmas. We live out of town. So our Christmas would look like this. How are we going to do it this year? What? Christmas Eve. Do we have to talk about it? Well, it's Tomorrow. So here's what it looks like. Well, we gotta be at uh, you, we gotta be at your mom's at four. We gotta be at my mamaw's at five. We gotta be at the uh, candlelight service at six. We gotta be at your nanny's at seven. We gotta be at Uncle Jimmy's at eight. We gotta be home by eleven. So the girls go to bed because Christmas because Santa Claus got to work some magic at uh, one o'clock in the morning. Okay, that's what that's what our t- that's what it looked like. It looked, that's what our Christmas looked like. And, and I'm going to ask you a question. If you've had a Christmas or you expect one this year that looks kind of like it's on a timepiece, say, I have yeah, I'm not alone. But I want you to know that in fact, Christmas was about a visit with relatives. The very first Christmas time had visits, had a visit with relatives. In fact, it says in Luke chapter one, the angel speaking to Mary, the mother of Jesus and says, and look, Mary, you're a relative. There it is. Elizabeth, who's the mother, the miraculous mother of John the Baptist uh, says, has also become pregnant with a son in her old age. Although she was called barren, she is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary said, yes, I am a servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. And in those days now, Mary got up and went hurriedly. See, it was, it was a hurry; she was hurried too. All right. Hurriedly into the hill country to a town of Judah and entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now this is what this is what the first Christmas visitation looked like. This is what it felt like. Verse 41 says when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I've had a lot of Christmas Eves. I'm 55 years old. I've had a lot of Christmas Eves and we've had a good time. Lots of laughs, lots of we love to laugh, lots of good food, hanging out, presents, all that stuff. I can promise you I have never had a baby leap in my womb. I've never had that. That went way over some of y'all's heads. I'm going to say it again. I have never had a baby leap in my womb. You go figure, okay? And ladies, you probably hadn't either. If, if you did, it's probably because you ate too many of those weenies in a blanket or something like that, okay? This is amazing that there's relative visitation at the very first Christmas time because Mary went to see Elizabeth, her cousin, because her cousin was going to give birth to the forerunner, John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah. And so it's okay. We've got a visitation at Christmas, even in the very first Christmas. So it's okay for you to be hurried when you go visit your relatives because it came around a long time ago. Number three, Christmas time is about giving presents to people. So I got this. Now this has changed. Now back in the day, you wrapped a present. You took the box, or if it was a bad Christmas, you had like a sphere that you had to wrap, okay? And you would take a box, and you would take wrapping paper, and you would cut it, and you'd wrap it, you'd tape it, and when it was all said and done, if, it, it would look good. Now, if Kendra wrapped it, it look real good. If Joel wrapped it, maybe like a little kid wrapped it, but it's okay. I was helping, right? Men, if you help your wife wrap presents, say, I do. They say, I do. That's all right. That's right. It's all right. Even, and sometimes it works out good and sometimes not so much. This is a gift from God himself, the Christmas bag, because all you do, you buy a bag you buy your gift, you shove it in there, you wad up some paper and stick in Feliz Navidad, okay? Isn't that so much easier? And so presents, it's a big deal. And and, and the only thing about presents I got to share with you about Christmas, this will cause some of y'all some grief, because you'll show up on Christmas Eve, and after it's all said and done, you enjoyed buying the gift, but when it's all said and done, you wish you would have gotten the gift that you bought, because they have a cap, and you can't spend over $15. And the gift you really wanted to buy was like $19.99. But, you know, there's a cap. And I'm going to honor the cap. So I'm going to go $14.99. Okay, I'm going to throw the taxes in free. Okay, but I'm going with the cap. Anybody know what I'm talking about with the cap? If you do, say, I do. Thank you. But then you go to the party, and there's somebody who decides they ain't worried about the cap. So you show up with a toboggan, and they show up with like a Nintendo you know, now the kids want that person, I want her or him to buy my Christmas because they show some love. No, they don't. They just have more money than the rest of us. And so they buy nicer gifts. And so it's presents, man. It can really wear you out. And you know it's true. Kend- Kendra and I buy gifts for each other. And I'm, what are you looking at? We buy gifts for each other. Did you forget? You already have yours. <laughs> she looked at me like I'd never bought her a gift in my life. <laughs> yes, I have two. Okay. And, and so, so we buy gifts. And, and so this is what I do. She says, what do you want for Christmas? The guys are good about this. Well, I wouldn't mind having this or this or this. I wouldn't mind it being this color and this size. I wouldn't mind it looking like this and you can buy it over at this store and this is how much it costs. And, and so I, t- I just throw up on her everything like it's Santa Claus. And then and, and I say, what do you want? Oh, it doesn't matter. That's the worst Christmas gift on the planet. It doesn't matter. That means it matters a whole lot, but you should read my mind and know, okay? That's what that means, guys, and we don't. The Holy Spirit sometimes will reveal it, but even then, it's questionable, okay? So presents are a lot of stress, but I want you to know that presents are about Christmas time. The very first Christmas, there were presents. I want you to to see this. In fact, it says in Matthew chapter two, Verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, in the time of King Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the one who is born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And as they came into the house and saw the child with Mary his mother, this is verse 11, they bowed down and worshiped him, and they opened their treasure boxes... (laughs) or gift bags, and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So you see, presents were at the very first Christmas. Now, even then, you got to think about it. You know, you show up with a present. I hope they like their present. Can you imagine the Magi? And we don't know that there were three. We know that there were three because there were three gifts. There could have been a dozen but I don't want to be them other nine who showed up with nothing listed. I mean, you at least want to make the cut because your gift was cool, right? And can you imagine the Magi, you know, showing up? They're on, the, they're, they're on the way following this star. So you got gifts? Did you bring him a gift? Yeah, I brought him a gift. What'd you bring him? I threw something together. I got him some gold. Okay. Okay. You know, you're a boy over here. Okay. Mer-Magi. What about you? What'd you bring? Well, I brought incense, anointing oils, fragrances. Okay. What'd you bring? Mur. <laughs> what? Myrrh. Myrrh to bury somebody with. Now, keep in mind, it was God's design for these gifts because it pointed to the, fact, to the fact that he was king, he was priest, and he was sacrificed. But you've got to imagine. Put yourself in their shoes. You know, what are you bringing? What are you bringing? What's your present? So the presents were here even in the very first Christmas. Now, I'm going somewhere with this so you all hang on. All right? Not only that, number four, Christmas... Time is about a song. Now, I did a little research. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. How many of you like Christmas songs being played on the radio? If you do, say, so I like that. How many of you, are, are you tired of them yet? Don't say yes. Or don't you raise your put that hand down. Okay. I, now, I'm not going to listen to them in January, July. They're not going to make the cut. But on my phone, I got Pandora. And, and you can like your Pandora. Man, you can get everybody from, you know, Bublé. Is that how you say his name? Bubble? Okay, you got him or you got Bean Crosby and all in between, all right? And, and so, so, so I listen to that. I, I love Christmas carols. And so I do a little work, little work because if you think Christmas songs kind of make you think Christmassy, say I do. You can be eating dinner, you hear some Christmas, yeah, it's Christmas, okay? You be in a bad mood, it's Christmas, all right? You can be at the mall. Bad mood altogether at the mall, okay? and But you hear Christmas carols, say, okay. It kind of lightens the load, driving down the road. I like Christmas carols, and so I did a little work on the top 10 billboard Christmas carols. These are most purchased, most listened to, most requested. And the first one we're going to do is name that tune, which kind of shocked me. Let's play a little bit of that first one. If you know what that is, raise your hand. Who is that? Somebody tell me. I don't want a- all I want for Christmas is you. Number one Christmas carol on Billboard charts. Now let me just tell you something: if your number one, if this is your song, spiritualize it, sing it to Jesus. All I want for Christmas is you. If that's what it is, but it's not that. But that's number one. Now number two is I want to see if you remember this one: "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree." You remember that song? Old people who made that famous? Who made? It's a lady. Brenda Lee, thank you very much. Okay, and then number three is chestnuts roasting on an open fire. That one gets stuck in my head. And half the words, I don't even know what he's talking about. Okay? But it gets stuck in my head. All right, who made that one famous? Nat King Cole. Cool, yeah. He could sing. Man, he could sing. Number uh, four on the list it's the most wonderful time of the year. You remember that song? Who, who, who made that famous, old people? Andy Williams. Is he even alive? Is he dead? Well, it's a great song. Okay. That's number five. Number six, listen to this one. Some of you will know this. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Who made that one famous? Who? Burl, Burl Ives. What a name. Okay, just remember his name. That's not the cool name, Burl Ives. We'll get to the cool name for Christmas carols in just a minute. Okay, but this one, some of you will know this one, and I'm not going to sing it. Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart. <laughs> who sang that? One of them just died. You don't know? Wham. Anybody know who Wham is? Yes. George Michaels? Yes. Okay. He made that famous. That's, that's on the list. And then you got this one: "A jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock." You remember that song? You won't know his name. Bobby Helms. Never heard of him. He's like Burl Ives. Who got? Who, you, you shouldn't have a name like like that. That uncool and be on Billboard top ten. And then you got this one: "Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow." Anybody know who said that one? Most time, he acted drunk. Dean Martin. And then you got a Christmas carol guy with an amazingly cool name. And it's this song, Feliz Navidad. And nobody knows the rest of the songs unless you took Spanish eight years of it in high school and college. You go, and then you get to the end, Feliz Navidad. Like you just all of a sudden became Mexican right there at the end. (laughs) You know that's true. You know that's true. And what was his name? This is cool. Jose Feliciano. Now that's a cool billboard chart Christmas carol name. Not Burl Ives, okay? And then the last one, we're gonna name that tune on the last one. So what's the last one? Here it is. <laughs> Sing it. Ready? I'm dreaming of a oh. white Christmas. So that's enough right there. That's enough right there. That's enough. I love that song, but it's enough. It's enough for you all hearing me and me hearing you. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. All right. That's Bean Crosby. Now, that's a good Christmas carol. So, so there, you, there you have it. But I want you to know that Christmas time is, in fact, about a song. Not just one, but a pair of songs. And if you read God's word, you'll find in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, which I am going to read, a song written and sung by the mother of Jesus, Mary. And in most Bibles, if your Bible is highlighted, it will say this is Mary's hymn or song of praise. And here's what she says in verse 46. My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has begun to rejoice in God my Savior, because he has looked upon the humble state of his servant. For from now on, On all generations will call me blessed because He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. From generation to generation, He is merciful to those who fear Him, He has demonstrated power with his arm he has scattered those who whose pride wells up from the sheer arrogance of their hearts he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up those of lowly position he has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty he has helped his servant israel remembering his mercy and he has promised to our ancestors to abraham and to his descendants forever that's the first song. And this was, this was sung and written and, and spoken by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Christmas time is about a song, and it's okay. Not only that, but we read in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among people with whom he is pleased. So look at you say, your neighbor and say, Christmas time is about a song. But with all of that wonderful stuff, man, you got the tree and it's about Christmas time, and you got Christmas time about a present, and Christmas time about visiting relatives, and you got Christmas time about songs and music. But there's also something else that shows up at Christmas time every year, okay? He'll show up next year. This one will show up every year, always has. And I wanna play a song, see if y'all can guess who I'm talking about. You're a mean one. Yeah. Mr. Grinch. Am I telling you the truth? You really I hope it ain't you. Ah, and if it, if it is your husband, do not look over at him there right is kind now. Of cactus. Okay. And All right, you, is can, you can stop it. Easy. There's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You know who he is. And if you hadn't seen one yet this year, go to West Town Mall. They are over there. Some of them are employees, others are driving around in a parking lot, waiting for you to start to pull in so they can act like they've been waiting for that spot all year long. You know what I'm talking about? There's a Grinch that wants to steal the joy and the message and the meaning of Christmas. You know, you say, Hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, whatever. You know, Grinch. Okay. You know, you want to, you want to just have joy at Christmas. You know, yeah, whatever. They don't want any part of it. That's a Grinch. Don't be the Grinch at Christmas. And I want you to know though, there was a Grinch in the very first Christmas. Trying to steal the joy in the message of Christmas. And you find him in Matthew chapter 2. His name was not the Grinch, but his his attitude was. His name was Herod. Herod the Grinch. I mean, Herod the Great. And this is what it says when Herod, verse 16 of Matthew chapter 2. It says, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men... He became enraged. And the rest of the story, you remember, Herod met the magi. They were looking for the, 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 for the savior of the world. They're following this star. And, and, and Herod had this great scheme, this great idea. Hey, you go find him and then come back and tell me where he's at and I'll go worship him myself. All the while, he knew he didn't want to worship him. And so the wise men, the angel told the wise men, you need to go home another way. And so when Herod found out about it, he was enraged. And it says he sent men to kill All the children in Bethlehem and throughout the surrounding region from the age of two and under, according to the time he had learned from the wise men. Now, that's a Grinch stealing Christmas right there. You're going to murder babies just to be sure to get the one because you're threatened by a baby because there's a Savior, a King of the world who has now been born. That's the announcement. And all of a sudden, you feel threatened in your kingship, in your rulership. And so you murder. All of the babies. And so Christmas time is about a Grinch. But all of that is what Christmas time is about. But Christmas is not just about all that. Christmas is about more than a, a visit or a, a present or a song or a tree, although Christmas time is. Christmas is about a gift, man, an amazing gift an amazing gift and it showed up in a package that was unusual and special and it showed up in a package that's a little bit deceiving and so we take out the fancy wrapper stuff right there that's and and, and we reach in here and and and, and our our gift looks kind of like this okay Don't worry, he's not real. He hadn't been laying in the bag there waiting for this part of the message. (laughs) You would have known it long before, okay? But here's what happens. This is what God does. This is the kind of stuff that God does. God takes something you don't expect and turns it into something supernatural and miraculous. God takes something where the package is a little deceiving and you can't always judge the book by its cover so what showed up some two thousand years ago in swaddling clothes lying in a manger looked like other people's baby just a little baby he would seem so dependent on his mother and those who would care for him he would seem so helpless and vulnerable but i want you to know this christmas Christmas is not about some average run-of-the-mill. And don't get me wrong, mothers. No babies are average in run-of-the-mill. They're all special. But this baby was something miraculous. This baby was more than a baby laying in a manger. In the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, it begins and it explains about this baby. And it says in verse 1, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to register all the empire for taxes. This was the first registration taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to be registered. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family line of David. And he went to be registered with Mary who was promised in marriage to him and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in strips of cloth and she laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now listen verse 8 says, now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field keeping guard over their flock at night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were absolutely terrified but the angel said to them, do not be afraid listen carefully for, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all people. Today this is no ordinary baby. today Your Savior is born. In the city of David, he is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. The Savior of the world. And he doesn't just say generally speaking. He says today is born your Savior. Christ The Messiah, the Lord God has come to this earth fashioned as a baby. Still though, maybe you think, well, yeah, but he's still a baby. Yeah, but Isaiah wrote about 700 years before something else about this baby. In chapter nine, verse six, this is how Isaiah would describe this baby laying in a manger. He says in verse six, for a child will be born to us. A birth, a baby. A son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Even this little baby lying in a manger already had eternal governments resting on his shoulders. It says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will never give bad advice, ever. He cannot. He is God in the form of a little baby. Then he says he will be mighty God. This little baby lying in a manger is mighty God. He's the undisputed champion of the world. He is the one who never, ever, ever will have a foe who can conquer him. He is the one who will always be victorious lying there in a manger. And then Isaiah says he will be called everlasting father. Isn't that odd? This little baby lying in a manger is your everlasting father. And that word means your daddy. He wants to be your daddy forever. And yet he's just a baby lying in a manger. And then Isaiah says lastly he will be called Prince of Peace. want you to know today that when when Mary placed that little baby in the manger wrapped in swaddling clothes and the magi showed up to see this little baby with gifts and the shepherds showed up to worship this little baby in that manger was more than a baby. In that manger was God himself who came to this earth for you. He came to your earth to this earth to give you good counsel. And the greatest counsel he ever gives is this, I love you in spite of all of your weaknesses, in spite of all of your sin, I love you. He will be your mighty God. He'll be your victor, not just in this world, but he'll be victorious for you over death, hell, and the grave. He'll be your father. He'll be the one that you can go to with every need. And he wants to hear everything you ever need in this life. He wants to be your daddy. And in this world where life gets so chaotic and it just gets so busy and and our worries and our anxiety swells up, God in the manger says, I'll come into your world and I'll bring you peace that passes all understanding." I want to tell you a quick story of what this looks like in the flesh. I have a friend of mine. This friend of mine is in the seventh grade. And about a week ago, this friend of mine walked out during recess. And a a friend of theirs was laying on the ground with two losers, two bullies, standing above him. And they had beat him up, and he was on the ground. And so this friend of mine saw it. And she thought she would do something about it. And when my friend went over to help, the one that was down up, one of the bullies hit her in the back of the head with a water bottle, her. Hit her in the back of the head with a water bottle. And so in defense of herself and her friend, she stood up and as she stood up, she made a fist and she swung a haymaker just a wild punch and she punched the bully right there in the button knocked him out and when he and when he fell he fell over the other guy and he fell down too and the next day the bully couldn't couldn't come to school two reasons one he was humiliated two his whole side of his head turned black right there in his jaw now You say, well, that's, are you promoting, um, you know, fighting? No, but I'm okay with that. That's the way it ought to work. Where somebody is hurting and someone is weak and someone else comes to the rescue to help them out of that situation, to lift them up and to give them encouragement and strength and protection. And listen, they underestimated the package on my friend who is a beautiful, sweet seventh-grade girl. She's not a fighter. They underestimated the package. Church, this Christmas, don't underestimate the package of a little baby born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, given to a virgin to be born into this world, to be the champion of the world and the Savior of all mankind. Don't underestimate the package. And so this Christmas, we got two weeks. When you see a tree, it don't matter if it looks like Charlie Brown's tree or the Griswold's tree. You think about there was a tree in the first Christmas, pointing to what Christmas is all about. And when you visit your relatives, just remember you're not the first one to visit a relative. Think about the very first Christmas. Mary, the mother of Jesus, visited John the Baptist's mother. And when you get presents, think about the fact that they adored the wisest, most intelligent, most educated people of of that world saw fit to take presents to give to the king of the world wrapped in swaddling clothes. And when you hear a song, Think about, Jesus is worth singing a song about. He is that kind of amazing. It should stir your heart to sing to him a song. And when you think about baby Jesus in a manger, you just remember, you can't judge a book by its cover. He's more than a baby. He's the champion of the world and the savior of all mankind. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to know today that God loves you right where you are more than you can possibly know. And during this season, whatever this season brings you, if it's happy or if it's hurtful, Jesus wants to be in the middle of it with you. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to wrap His big forever arms around you and let you feel comforted by Him. If you're here today and You don't know Him. I want you to know that today you could begin a relationship with the Savior of the world. It simply means you surrender you to Him. You simply say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you're a Savior. This sinner (laughs) needs a Savior. So I repent of my sins. That means I just change my mind. I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to give my life to you, God. I want you to come into my heart and save me on this day and help me live for you forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody look right here. If that's you and you just prayed that prayer, you want to pray that prayer, I'll be standing right here. I'd love to pray with you and encourage you in that decision. If you're here today and maybe you're saved, but you just kind of drifted away from all that Christmas and Jesus is about, there's an altar open up here. You don't have to be bashful to come and pray. It's okay. Let's stand and sing.
0: Thank you for joining us this morning. The service may be over, but it doesn't end here. If something you heard this morning spoke to your heart, or if you have questions about what you heard in the service, there are deacons available up front, and we encourage you to speak with one of them. Our Christmas program, A Walk Through Bethlehem, will be presented Sunday, December 17th during the 9 a.m. hour and again during the 10.30 a.m. hour, so mark your calendars to be here. Life groups will not meet on this date. On Sunday, December 24th, we will be holding a candlelight service during the 10.30 a.m. hour. There will be no life groups or 9 a.m. service on that day. Plan to be with us to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Research tells us that Christmas is the best time to invite friends to church. This is when people are the most receptive. So bring a friend with you next week. Finally, if you're not in a life group, we encourage you to join one. There's a list available at the Connection Center in the lobby. Thanks again for joining us today and have a blessed week.